0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets.
1: The views conveyed by the guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information shared by the guests on this program are those of the guests and are for informational purposes only. They should not replace the medical advice of your veterinarian
2: hi this is susan marie from the doggy diva show this week new year's resolutions for you and your pets and changing the lives of rescue animals through photographs that's what's on our show this week let's get started come
1: here babies (laughs) it's time for a treat the doggy diva show here's national
2: award-winning author and animal advocate susan marie Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves. Thank you for joining us today as we bring you the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Contact us at thedoggydiva.com. That's the D O G G Y D I V A dot com. We love hearing from you, so go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. bite out of your
1: competition advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life radio podcasts and radio shows there is no other pet related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms, and our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLife.com radio.com slash advertise today
0: let's talk pets on petlife radio.com
2: back everyone to the doggy diva show monica layton president of professional pet sitting is here with us for our pet tip of the week hey monica it's new year's we all want to start out and have a great happy healthy new year we make all these resolutions and we want to do them with our pets can
3: you give us some healthy safe new year's advice Absolutely. So just like you said, every year, I know I am, I'm always thinking of, okay, what is my resolution going to be? And am I actually going to stick with it this year? Like, (laughs) let's make one that I can follow through with. So that's always my goal at the beginning of the year. So this year I'm thinking we're incorporating the pets. We're having some great New Year's resolutions that would be beneficial for us and for our pets. So the first one for me, getting more exercise. So, of course, during the holidays, some of us tend to pack on the pounds. I know that is my biggest issue during the holidays. There's way too many good tasting stuff that only comes out during the holidays. So, of course, you have to have it during that time because it's not available the rest of the year. And there's too many of them to choose. So, you know, you just don't choose. You try them all. So And course, there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, of course. You know, that may lead to a couple extra pounds during the holidays. So starting the new year with a great exercise program that you can do together with your pet, it gets you guys out in the fresh air, gets you moving. Of course, you know, exercise critical to maintaining a fit, healthy pet, and it helps you. It's great for physical and mental stimulation in people and pets make sure pets calmer. That way, you know, if you're off to work afterwards or you're gone during the day, it's a great time where you can kind of unwind or start the day off in a positive manner. Of course, you know, you always have to watch for when it gets warm. So, you know, we tend to kind of recommend mornings or evenings, maybe not, you know, the heat of the day, but um, definitely keeps, you know, a calmer pet when they have the energy release. Another great one is quality time, having really good quality time to spend with our pets, um, having them be able to just, you know, be part of the family and do family activities together. Behavioral issues stem from boredom in our pets so often that if you can kind of give a little dedicated, even if it's five to 10 minutes a day more than what you're doing now tossing a ball, you know, playing with a laser pointer, just some kind of quality time and, you know, stimulation for our pets can mean a world of difference to them and, you know, their behavior and well-being. Next, you know, of course, veterinary care and wellness. As each new year comes, we all become a little older. Our pets are included in this. So making sure that, you know, as our pets age from year to year, That we're definitely, you know, taking care of any of those, you know, it's a great time at the beginning of the year to kind of go through your, you know, your pet checklist, kind of prepare for the unexpected, you know, have it be a good time to start your pet disaster kit if you haven't had one already and checking through that. It's a great time to check your pet records, to check your ID tags, make sure they're up to date, make sure they're still current, you know, check your microchips, have your information changed. Do you need to, you know, change that with your microchip company? Just the start of a new year is a great time to kind of peruse everything, you know, make sure you're not behind on any of your pet's medication or care visits. And then Kind of take that extra step and, you know, prepare for that unexpected with, you know, your pet emergency fund or a pet savings account. Maybe putting away an extra $20 a paycheck or something to just set aside for pet care and pet wellness. Um, If your pet's due for a dental coming up in the next year or any kind of other, you know, larger expense. Setting aside some money starting at the beginning of the year and kind of get in a habit of doing so can kind of keep you prepared. So that way if something major does happen, then you have, you know, the cash flow to take care of it. And uh, you know, last but not least, being a good neighbor. If your neighbors have pets, it's a great time to kind of introduce yourself to somebody new in the neighborhood. You know, maybe you have a walking buddy that your pets can start, you know, walking the neighborhood with. And also making sure that, you know, when you're out and about and walking your pets, of course, that you are picking up after them and kind of leads to knowing your surroundings, knowing who's around you. And if you see, you know, neighbors out and they get to see you and your pet, then God forbid if your pet ever became lost or new, you know, you're meeting new people that would be able to recognize them, that would know them right away and kind of know where they belong. So it's kind of, you know, that double thing. So you're meeting somebody new, you're getting out there, having the opportunity to, you know, see what kind of pets they have. You may have a a new pet friend for your pet.
2: I love that. That's a great idea. That's a, that's something I think we can all do. And it also brings a smile to people's faces when that it's like an act of kindness and what better way to break through them with your pets. So I love that. So Monica, as always, thank you for these great pet tips and they're great for us to have a healthy, happy new year with our pets. So thank you so much. And I'm wishing you and Haley and all the, your fur kids a very happy new year.
3: Thank you. You too we'll be back
2: in just a moment hello everyone susan marie here to tell you about the award-winning three book series the doggy diva diaries it is a trilogy of heartwarming and inspirational stories about miss olive a lonely little rescue pup hoping to find her forever family and friends and a life filled with love In this series, Ms. learns that it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside, it's the kindness and love you have on the inside that counts. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other online booksellers. And please visit us at thedoggydiva.com for more information. Thank you, everyone. Coming up, an award-winning photographer who has changed the lives of rescue dogs and pet parents. Stay with us.
0: Let's talk pets.
3: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio.
0: PetLifeRadio. dot Pet
2: Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. Greg Murray is an award winning lifestyle, commercial, portrait, and editorial animal photographer. Greg is also an advocate for rescue animals, many of whom can be seen in his beautiful photographs and with their forever families and in his recent release of gotcha day adoption tales of remarkable rescue dogs we meet over 60 rescue dogs and their inspiring stories of their gotcha day finding their forever homes greg captures them all in remarkable candid photographs showing love happiness and that unconditional bond between their amazing pet parents and of course these phenomenal rescue dogs. We are so honored to have with us today Greg Murray. Welcome Greg to the Doggy Diva Show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's great to be here.
2: Oh, no, we're so happy that you're here. And what you're doing for work is absolutely amazing. And I have to tell you that your photographs going through the book, which is a beautiful, not only a book, but a coffee table book, Some bring it into your office. It'll certainly yeah. bring the degree of, of anything that's in there down. And it just made an impact on my heart and it made me smile. So I want to tell you, this is like a phenomenal book.
0: Well, thank you. My goal is to, with all my books, is to always make people smile.
2: Well, you did it with this one. This is fantastic. And, you. you know, as an acclaimed photographer, I just have to ask how and why did you integrate your photography with your love and your passion for rescue animals?
0: Well, you know, I got my start in animal photography by volunteering at a local rescue here in Cleveland. I was into photography while I was still working my nine to five corporate human resources job. And I wanted to get more into animal photography and just started volunteering at the local shelter, Cleveland APL, where we got our first dog, Leo. And and you can find him pictured in the book with our other <laughs> rescue dog, Kenzie. And that's kind of how I, I fell into photographing getting my start photographing dogs, and then really kind of understanding the importance of helping and volunteering with rescue animals. Um, I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't too involved with the rescue community prior to 2012, and it just kind of all fell into place then. And, you know, I haven't looked back. Rescues are a big uh, part of my work and uh, a huge part of my books yeah you can tell now what
2: was your inspiration for gotcha day and what was the message that you wanted to the reader to capture and like looking at these beautiful photographs the way you photographed them was very subtle but like you captured the look in their eyes i mean it was just beautiful what what was your goal in doing this in your inspiration well,
0: originally well here's my original idea for the book i wanted to literally photograph people outside in a studio environment at the shelters the minute they adopted the dog. But with with time, I learned that would just be too many moving parts and would be pretty challenging. So I I wanted basically with this book, I wanted to capture the moment, you know, the the feeling, the connection between the human and their newly rescued dog. And um, since we couldn't do a day of Um, I decided, you know, we'd capture these, most of these dogs, pretty much a lot of them were were photographed within a couple weeks of being adopted, some of them a couple months. And I wanted to capture that connection. I wanted people to see, like you just said, their eyes, like how lucky and happy these animals are now, these dogs, now that they're in a forever home. And some of them came from really challenging situations. Some were just puppies, you know, um, surrendered litters. But the main goal was to capture that connection uh, the happiness of the animal shortly after they were adopted, just to help promote adoption. Um, you know, a lot of people that probably get these books uh, already are big proponents of adoption, but maybe some people aren't. And uh, anything I can do to to change people's minds and, you know, hopefully, even if this book helps one person and go to the local shelter instead of a breeder, you know, that's a big win.
2: No, and that's what the show is about. We're all about rescue. What you just conveyed was absolutely beautiful. And I just want to tell you something quick. I'm going to ask you a question about the book in a second. But I actually brought it into our offices where I work. So because it's kind of a stressful area and just looking at the pictures and reading the stories sort of, you know, I kind of told you that it it like touched my heart and made me smile. You know, you see some people who have some pretty serious things going on and they look at the book and you could just see the smile. And you could just see the almost like the stress slips from them once they read these stories. And also the way the stories are written are very uplifting. I mean, there's a lot of impact in them, but they're very uplifting. I just wanted to ask you could you share a few stories of these um, rescue pups with us?
0: Yeah. um, Well, I think I'd have to start with my, I I don't want to say my favorite, but one that really sticks out to me is happens to be the the dog that's on the cover of the book. Um, and that's Nugget. And I did not choose. It just worked out this way. My publisher, I take the photos, send them the writing, and they do everything. They know what would make a great cover. And they happen to choose this dog named Nugget. And Nugget has a really neat story. The reason I love the story so much is because I'm very connected to the story. I'm very involved in this story. Nugget Um, was at the local shelter, which is a couple blocks from my uh, studio in Cleveland. And it's pretty much all pit bull type dogs. If they don't have a pit bull type dog there, it goes usually other local foster based rescues in the area will pick those other dogs up. Anyways, every few weeks, I photograph a dog for the shelter just to help get it adopted. And Nugget came into the studio. Her name was Michaela. And I have never seen a dog so terrified in my whole life this dog was just shut down and the shoot lasted maybe five to 10 minutes. Um, I maybe got three or four photos. And to help promote Michaela, I um, had to Photoshop, you know, when dogs, their ears are back, they obviously look nervous. Mm -hmm. So I had this really great photo of Michaela, but her left ear was down and she looked nervous. So I Photoshopped, her left ear from another photo onto that photo. So both her ears were up. Mm. And and then we put that photo out to promote her. And um, uh, within a few days, someone saw that photo, went and adopted Michaela, named her Nugget. And this dog, when it got to this person's home, to Mary's home, she just opened up immediately. And long story short, she is a competitive dock diving dog who wins awards. It is just the coolest story. It is the neatest thing. I follow her on Instagram to see her go from just that shut down dog to living this amazing life on a huge property and going to dock diving competitions. And one reason I love telling this story is, and you you probably know this, you know, you can't, when you go to a shelter, you, you don't know, you know, these dogs are barking, they're stressed, they're upset, they're in cages, you know. They just want to get out. And I, I try to tell people you can't judge. You, you can't judge these dogs by just walking you know down those hallways. You got to get them out and get to know them. And um, most often they're completely different dogs. And so I, I think that that's probably my favorite story because I'm involved. Um, I was involved with getting her adopted and she ended up being the cover of the the book. And again, that wasn't my choice. That was my publisher. So, it meant a lot to me and it also meant a lot to um, Nugget's uh, owners.
2: She's beautiful. Really quick, I just want to tell a doctor's story. I had a friend, well, someone I worked with who had adopted this dog. They wanted it to be a friend to their other dog who was of the same breed, small breed, Mm. And he kept coming to me going, I can't get her trained, I can't, she's she's like wild, I can't, you know, it's keeping my wife and my children, we're all like, it's it's it, my other dog's scared of her, and I said, just bring her in. So, I brought her in, I met her, and I said, can I, would you like me to rehome her? I mean, is it something, I don't want you bringing her back. To where you got her which was at a shelter yeah so he said yes take her he said can i meet the new pet parent you know the new owner and i go yeah so my friend and i my friend has a pit bull rescue my friend and i got together we found this person and so she said i'll take her so he took she is now she does dock diving competitions took the dog oh. with her to dock diving the dog was a dive. i mean the minute she took her to the first competition the dog goes flying And she was I'm getting goosebumps as she is the number one in her size right now. They just did an article about her in one of my local magazines in like the country and she could have been brought back to a shelter because no one knew that she had that gift she yeah. had the gift someone turned her in they don't tell you a lot about them so that's why this the picture of nugget is like sheer joy just bliss beauty and um because so i just had to share my little duck diving story i thought
0: yeah, that- that's really it, it's really i mean i would never have if someone told me the day that that dog came into my studio for, for some photos to help get her adopted, that she would be this like pro dock diving dog. I would have been like, you're crazy. And and it's really neat. And I'm a huge pit bull advocate. I did a book. My One of my previous books was all about pit bull. So to have a pit bull type dog on the cover mm-hmm. is like you know, for me, even better. So, you know, Well, and
2: that's what I wanted to talk to you about next, because I know that you're an advocate for rescue. And I just told you that my friend, she uh, ran a pit bull rescue, which I'm in Florida around here. It was a little dicey with pit bulls. And so she did a wonderful job with these dogs and they are so sweet and so gentle and so loving and they're beautiful. And, I, looking through your book, you have a lot of large dogs and you have some pits and of course the pitties on the cover, but I have to tell you, what was it that caught you into the the big dogs the the pitties the the big dogs that that you seem to love that that you also say that that helped to inspire you
0: further with your rescue work um i'm like super happy you asked that question because i love talking about this <laughs> uh, i uh well you know when i started volunteering as a photographer at the cleveland apl there were of course in cleveland there's a lot of pities so mm-hmm. the shelter had a lot of pities um and then a few years after um that i'd say in 2014 my wife and I moved uh, to Lakewood, Ohio, um, and that's where I was born and raised. It's just just the first city west of Cleveland. At this point, I'm pretty involved in rescue, and I love photographing shelter dogs. And I, you know, when we moved there, I remembered you know that we had a pit bull band here in Lakewood, um, and the band started in 2008. And I was just so determined when we moved here to get very involved in pit bull type dog advocacy, um, given my experience with them at the shelter, I'm a firm believer that every dog is an individual, no matter what it looks like. And if we treat dogs that way, you know, we can get a lot of adopted. And I was determined then to get rid of the pit bull ban um, and a very, very long story short, we voted at the polls, got some great council people in. We, a bunch of us advocated. We got wow. our city in the news. I mean, it was, oh, awesome. It made, it made national news and um, we voted out people that were anti, that, that supported the ban. I mean, we did protest in front of our city hall. You can Google Lakewood Pitbull ban and see these just great video and articles on what happened. And um, and we got rid of the ban in 2018, so 10 years later, uh, the the ban on pit bulls here in Lakewood, Ohio ended. So that was it's hard to believe it's been almost five years. And I see you see pitbulls everywhere, pit bull type dogs everywhere in Lakewood now. People adopting them, and uh, I mean it's the greatest thing ever. But yeah, I mean I'd say like a third of the dogs I people hire me to, to photograph our pit bull type dogs because they are a majority of the dogs that are at shelters here locally and i just love them and i feel bad for them and you know i don't know how much you follow the news on on these bands but they're falling left yes. and right around the country which mm-hmm. is really amazing i think miami or or the entirety of florida just outlawed, I think, um, uh, the bands in Denver got rid of theirs mm-hmm. recently. It's just really amazing to see people kind of coming around and understanding that it's just all dogs are individuals and we can't, you know, we can't judge them based on the way they look.
2: And that's so important. And and I, and I just want to touch on what you were saying, you know, that getting involved at the grassroots level is so important to get in with anywhere in your local community because that's where it starts that's where in fact i was just talking to someone recently about in the state of florida there were no pet friendly shelters and people would be they wouldn't leave if a hurricane was coming because they didn't want to leave their pets so a friend of mine and i worked tirelessly and we got it so that the pet shelters the shelters in florida are pet friendly and it is it's amazing but it's starting at that grassroots level you can really make anything happen if you come together in a community like-minded community and you can get things done in a way kind of like the tethering loss there's just so much that you could do oh, at yeah. that level that um oh, that, yeah. that that's wonderful and i am so happy what you did that that's i've got to tell my friend mary she's retired from it now but pities are her her babies so she loves them
0: yeah it it was a perfect example of like you said there were that core group of people that kind mm-hmm. of organized things we did yard signs and i mean it was it was really amazing and people understood that if we kept packing those council meetings get mm-hmm. that co- that group of people 100 to 200 people and you just keep it's a lot of work and it's very stressful and it, you know it's not easy but it can be done um it just it takes a significant amount of effort to change those laws. I tell people it's easy if you do these things that are very hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, to this day, it's been five years and I still every April when the anniversary comes around, I'm just ecstatic about it.
2: That is so wonderful. And and so great that you did that. It's It makes Nugget's picture even more precious on the cover of your book. I love that. And I think you touched briefly on it. Uh, Some of the dogs were found from pictures that you take in Facebook pictures. You have a very strong uh, social media presence. Can you tell us that you're aware of how many pets you may have helped to relocate and find homes?
0: You know, it's hard. Sometimes I just never find out. Um, to be honest with you. But lately, you know, again, I photograph typically a dog or other cat or even rabbit. I help get a rabbit at home. <laughs> um, I love photographing all animals. So I, lately in the past couple, I'd say this year, um, 50% of the dogs that I photographed to help, you know, to get their photos out there um, have been adopted because of those photos. So, and that's the ones I know of, you know, you don't always find out. And yeah. I'd, I'd say that's like, Maybe 15 dogs just this year that, again, I know about. Um, So, and I've been doing this for almost 10 years now. So it's amazing what a great photo will do um, and a silly photo. And then I try to, when I post those photos, a big thing I've learned that helps. I post on Instagram. I often do Instagram reels. Not only do I post that photo, but I do video of me interacting with that dog. And I've come to find that that makes a big difference too. People want to see that dog interacting with someone. They want to see that dog being silly in my studio, playing with toys, jumping on my furniture, tackling me. I've come to learn that that plays a big role too. And I've started doing a lot more of that this year is just cell phone video with a nice photo.
2: And you know what, that's how, however you connect, whatever it is you're doing, it's working, whether it be on your social media, in your books, all of the work that you've done to help the pit bulls. I mean, there's a lot that you could tell that you're passionate about. And as a pet parent yourself, with all of the work that you do, whether You know, doing the photography, putting them up on your social media, your beautiful books. And I know that you have two rescue dogs yourself. What is the best advice that you would give to someone who may be out there listening to us right now looking to adopt a dog?
0: The best advice I can give is when you adopt a dog, give it time. I see a lot of people give up soon and it takes dogs, as you know, time to acclimate. And you see these dogs that get um, brought back to shelters very quickly sometimes, and you have to have a lot of patience. Um, these are dogs where some of them, you know, you might, you might adopt a dog like my wife and I did uh, that was 10 weeks old and has no past. It was a surrendered litter. But a lot of these dogs have pasts, and I think they need a lot of time, uh, a couple months in some cases. Sometimes they're going to be great right away, but if you don't have patience, it, I think it's going to be a very frustrating um, experience, depending on the dog. Uh, I also tell people if you really want to know how this dog is going to interact in your home, don't forget about the foster-based mm-hmm. rescues. These dogs are in people's homes with cats, with kids, and you, you know exactly what what they're good with. And that's a huge thing too. So there are all these small at-home-based foster-based rescues that I think a lot of people don't realize they exist. They think of just the local shelter or the city kennel. Um, so yeah, patience and and really looking around to find that best fit.
2: That makes so much sense. And one of the things you brought up was the foster. I know for myself, actually, if you look up my picture in the dictionary, it's there under foster failure, but <laughs> I, t- we take them, we just lost two dogs within a year of each other Two. One was 15 and one was like almost 18. So our hearts were like totally broken and we had the, An offer to foster a dog that was totally unlike any dog that we've had in our home, and we brought her in. And they do need work, and they do need attention. And each of them has their history, but we don't know what the history is. So, as a foster parent, you kind of learn that stuff, and you could share it if you know when you adopt the dog. If you adopt the dog, I keep the dog. I'm a terrible foster mother. (laughs) Like my husband always goes, "No, we need to just like foster. Let's see." And then you know maybe, "No, okay, that's what we'll do." And then. 15 years, 16 years, 18 years later, mm, we still have them. But but yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense to have a relationship with a rescue so that you understand the, their foster program so that you know you can ask someone, do they like cats? Do they like children? And I know that some shelters where I am down here in Florida now have like a doggy day out or a foster program so that the shelters will let you foster the dogs so that also you can get like a history of them so that that was a great answer very sincere and and that's an answer that i believe works so listeners out there go to yeah. either your local shelter rescue talk to a foster parent talk to someone who knows the dog and i am sure i always believe that that they find us
0: so the next time we adopt we have a 9 and 11 year old dogs and you know hopefully they have some good years left in them but I live in Lakewood, Ohio. It's a very dense city outside of, I think it's one of the most dense cities between New York and Chicago. And we need a dog that walks really well on on a leash Mm -hmm. um, because there are lots of people, lots of other animals, lots of other... Cars. I mean, it's just it's so busy everywhere you walk. So when we adopt next time, that's one of our big things is does this dog do well on a leash in in a busy environment? You know, so that's just a kind of a quick example of what yes. we we will look for.
2: Mm hmm. It's what works for you and what works for your home and what works for your schedule. You know, that's, that's what people need to like, really, it's not you go in and just fall in love a lot. You just have to kind of research and find out what is it about? Does it fit in my family? Correct. Or what my family needs are or my needs are. So where can the listeners go, Greg, to learn more about you, your work, gotcha day, adoption tales from remarkable rescue dogs that I love. And I think that this is something that people should have in their homes, put out in their coffee tables. If you have an office, an office environment, maybe a little stressed, put it out there on the table and someone's going to sit waiting for someone to come out and go, oh and all their stress will go away
0: (laughs) um yeah thanks for asking so my website is gmurrayphoto.com that's g-m-u-r-r-a-y photo.com um i'm on instagram at the greg murray and um, you can find all the information about my books there, but they're available pretty much everywhere books are sold. Um, I do encourage people to um, support local and so great places to buy books. You can go to your local bookstore and if they don't have my books, they will order them for you. You can go to bookshop.org. And you know if it's easiest and I'm, I'm guilty of it, we shop on Amazon. You can get all my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble pretty much everywhere. That's
2: great. And and I like that you support your, the small book owners. That's so important in a community. So uh, before we go, Greg, you know, we've talked about so much. Is there anything that we may not have talked about that you would like to share with the listeners?
0: You know, if there's one thing I like to ask people, and I'm not a pushy person. I have a lot of clients that go to breeders um, and I photograph dogs from breeders and I, I don't judge people. I think people also learn with time that I think rescuing is becoming more and more common, as you probably know. I ask people the next time they're gonna look for a dog to just take a walk through your local shelter. Um, And these are, I'm I'm talking to people that have breed specific dogs that go to breeders. I'm not gonna judge you, but I'm begging you, please just go through your local shelter, meet some dogs and uh, see what happens. And I pretty much guarantee you, you'll end up adopting
2: yeah that's that's a very that's a very wise thing to say thank you i think that that's wonderful and and
0: again if anyone
2: wants to you know go to a breeder that's their we don't judge but i think that also if you have want to have a second pet or there are breed specific rescues yeah, out there
0: absolutely so. there's mm-hmm. so many you can get a boston terrier you mm-hmm. can get a great dane a, a greyhound anything you want they're out there
2: mm-hmm that's very important and You know, Greg, I want to thank you for being our guest today and for all that you're doing for rescue animals and that positive impact that you're having on so many, not only so many dogs, but so many of their forever families, because it not only changes the pet's life, it also changes the family's life And it. And what you captured in your book is that moment, kind of like when It's kismet when it all comes together. It's just a very, uh, again, very tastefully done, very subtle photos, catching, I mean, the dog's eyes and the dog's look totally jumps out at you. The stories that go along with their gotcha day. I'm telling you people, it is going to bring, it'll make your heart feel good. And, um, I think that it will make you very happy to to read this. And also, again, as I said, we have it in our office. It has diffused a lot of stress. So I think it's wonderful. And I thank you again. And the name of the book is Gotcha Day, Adoption Tales of Remarkable Rescue Dogs. And, you know, Greg, before we go, let's give out your contact information one more time.
0: Yeah, my website is gmariefoto.com. And... Um... My Instagram is at the Greg Murray. And, you know, if you just Google Greg Murray pet photography, you'll find all my information. Well,
2: thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on. And thank you for all of the work you're doing with the rescue animals. It's absolutely amazing. So thank you so very
0: much. Thank you all. I really appreciate it. It's been great to be on here.
2: Good to have you. Thank you so much. We'll be back in just a moment. As our doggy divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone.
1: Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Doggy Diva Show. To find out more about Susan Marie and the Doggy Divas, visit them at their website, thedoggydiva.com, and on Facebook at The Doggy Diva Show tell your fellow pet parents about it. We look forward to having you join us again for the next episode. See you soon.
0: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.